Welcome to Grandpa Hill's True Stories. This story is for my children, my grandchildren, and all children. It is a story about when we decided to start homeschooling and why we decided. I am dedicating this story to Brian and Missy and their family. This story truly happened to me, my wife Mary Lee, and our children in 1989 in the springtime in Savage, Minnesota. We had four children then, Patricia nine, Brian eight, Amy seven, and Rebecca four. Three of the children were enrolled at St. John the Baptist Catholic School in Savage. I was on the parish council and a substitute catechist for 7th graders that were in public school. Mary and I were quite devoted to each other and to the raising of our four children and getting them a good education. As a substitute teacher, teaching 7th graders about their faith and preparing them for confirmation, there was a discussion going on about peer pressure. I was a little off the book and giving my personal experience and that experience of my mother. One of my seventh grade students, I'll call her Sarah, I I ended up being like a confirmation sponsor for her, but she raised her hand in class and told me what the problem was for her and her classmates with the catechism class with life. I respected Sarah. She was a good thinker and always paying attention. Mr. Hill, she started, you do not realize what our problem is. When you were our age, you had to decide to do right or wrong. Our problem is, we have to decide what is right and wrong. Whoa. I disagreed at first, and then she continued and showed me the thinking she was talking about, which I thought was primarily from her public school background. Nope. It was right there in her catechism books that we were supposed to be using more religiously. You know, as I think about what was in the books, they were talking about, or maybe it wasn't the book that she was in then, it was the book that we were going to start using for like the eighth grade. But it was involved with relativistic character development and virtues that you would choose and morality and that based on your values that you would choose. As I went home and studied up on what I was facing and what my children would be taught in the school at St. John's, I was disturbed and determined. I dug in a little further and understood there could be some serious moral consequences about values clarification. 
I was going to object. I started out by getting circulating a petition door to door to get a letter together requesting the school to change the curriculum. I got no support from fellow parents. I remember one parent that said, We have a nice school, we have nice children, the school has a good reputation, and besides, in the book that you're concerned about, if you open it up and look at the first page, there's an imprimatur, a stamp from the cardinal. They didn't want to go up against a cardinal. I know, I'll call the principal and discuss this. And also, plan to opt my children out of the classes where this relativistic, feeling-oriented, values development type of training would take place. As I was talking to the principal, who was a little bit agitated, and I'm paraphrasing him, he said, if you want that kind of control over what your children are taught, you would have to teach them yourself. And I thought, that is exactly what I wanted to do with respect to sex education, which we considered an important but sacred and private education. I also wanted for my children to be virtuous, much more virtuous than I was or that Mary was when we were young, and much more virtuous than they would be trained to be in a values clarification type of course. So the conversation ended, and while I was still fuming, I called a friend of mine that lived in the same development and had children at St. John's. As I retold her the story about how the principal and what he had told me about how I'd have to teach the children myself, she said, Well, Don, that's what we're going to do. Say what? How can you do that? Is that legal? Oh, yes, Don, it's legal. There are some restrictions in Minnesota, and we can handle them easily and educate our children at home. We discussed further. I got off the phone. Mary Lee and I had a long talk about what we wanted for our children. It could be really hard for us. Four young children. Mary Lee had epileptic seizures, still does. Several of them in the month, and they made a mess of the day. Well, we prayed a lot. And we were feeling we should homeschool our four children, and we needed to know more. We would be acting on our beliefs and our faith. We knew in the end we were responsible for the souls of our children and their education. We were responsible for them to know right and wrong. We knew our lives would change a lot, and our children would be in a bit of a culture shock. So we started asking questions. One of the questions we asked was of Rome. Being good Catholics, our complaint was directed to the prefect of the congregation for the doctrine of the faith. That prefect answered us. 
He told us about our authority and responsibility as parents for the education of our children. Yes, it is normally applied by the Catholic to the public school, but it still holds whether it's public school or Catholic school or any other private school. We're responsible. Yes, we could delegate our responsibilities to a Catholic school or public school, but we were still ultimately responsible. That letter, by the way, came from Cardinal Ratzinger, who would later go on to be the Pope. We started talking to our friends. We found other people that were homeschooling. We made arrangements to go to an information day at a local Protestant church. That turned out to be the day that sealed the deal for us in our decision to homeschool. That day we heard great stories. I remember one of the stories that really stuck with me. The dad was telling the story about his son. His son was a very slow learner. He was a couple years behind on all grades, all, all subjects, and was even further behind in math, maybe three or four years behind in math. And he was a sixth grader. And under the law, when they decided to homeschool in Minnesota, they were allowed to homeschool because their son was doing so bad and would be under like a special education clause. Well, after a year of teaching that child at home, he was up to the grade level in all subjects. And in math, he was a couple years ahead. Well, then the school system wanted him back in the school, in the public school, because he no longer qualified as uh, a special education student. There was no longer a special case. The school changed their mind and said, hey, he has to be back in school because he's not behind anymore. And then the parents kind of like said no, and they continued schooling under the new law, which required like a, an umbrella school. So that was really exciting to hear, that story about the boy and how well homeschooling worked for them. There was another story about um, a single mom with three kids and how she had started homeschooling, and she was succeeding splendidly. Took some community help, and she was making it. This was very encouraging to us, because we knew that Mary was going to have to deal with seizures and the schooling. So those were good stories, and we also heard about the opportunity and how important it was to these parents talking to us about instilling godly values and morals. And that is what had gotten us to look at this in the first place. But what really sealed the deal to me happened on a break, when I wasn't listening to any of the talks from the parents. At one of the breaks, I went out on the balcony to check on my children. Our children would be out in front of us. You'd, look, you'd stand on the balcony, and you look out, and you see the whole gymnasium. And you see all these kids in the gymnasium. 
very few parents. What convinced me to homeschool was the fruits of homeschooling. And the fruits of homeschooling are your students. And I could see my children, all of them, playing happily with other children. They were so included. They were so much a part of the activities. This was especially important to me with Patricia. She had recently been to a church activity for young girls, and she had been left sitting on the bench and not participating. This had happened at other events. But now, Patricia, my nine-year-old daughter, was playing floor hockey. The boys she was playing with seemed quite a bit older, maybe 12, 13, 15, even 16 years old, and they had taught and coached her and fully included her in the play. And she was having the time of her life playing field hockey. The character of those children playing with my children without attention to age, sex, creed, or color, or race, was a very convincing scene for me. I had never seen such a thing happen so easily and abundantly for my children. So yes, the talks were great. The how-tos of homeschooling were helpful from the parents. And the stories were remembered. But what convinced me, what sealed the deal for the both of us, was the scene from the balcony. So we learned in, the, in our information day that in Minnesota we had to have an umbrella school. In the umbrella school, we would get some structure and a monthly visit from a teacher consultant to check on how we were doing. This, I thought, would be extremely helpful, especially to Mary. We really had no idea what we were doing or how it would go for us. To join this particular umbrella school that we selected, because one of our other friends had joined it, we had to go to a seminar called Basic Life Principles. It was an organization run by Bill Gothard. We didn't have to follow or do anything promoted by Bill, a very conservative Christian, non-Catholic. We just had to go to the seminar. But we went to the seminar, and we were sold. Our hearts were turning to our children. We bought into this, into his books and the basic life principles that were being taught. So we went to the seminar and had three life-changing takeaways. We had three huge takeaways from the seminar. Number one, morality and values and character and virtues could be taught. And they could be taught and they were providing really good books taught to our children using their materials. Everyday understanding of right and wrong would not be left to values clarification or feelings or personal judgments. Patience, honesty, truthfulness, loyalty, responsibility, and much, much more would rule the day in our homeschool. We had great materials, illustrated Bible stories, and examples from the animal kingdom to get the materials known and understood by our children. 
Number two, the message to be fruitful and multiply. This was taken seriously by the the basic life principles and stirred up in us the desire to undo what we had done four years earlier. Four years earlier, we had decided that we would be sterile the rest of our married life. Mary Lee's fallopian tubes were tied when Rebecca was born. The Institute, putting on the seminar, knew their audience and knew the effect of speaking the truth. Unlike my Catholic family I grew up in, and unlike the Catholic Church I attended, and the Catholic Catechism I had received, there was a lot of talk about being open to having children at that seminar. The Institute had given us a list of doctors that would perform tubal reversals and allow children into this world that would be loved and cared for. Those doctors also worked well with the insurance companies and even the uninsured to make it possible for couples to have more children. They seemed to be speaking the truth. Number three, turn off the TV. This was recommended by the school and by the Basic Life Principles Institute. Now we were not just getting excited about homeschooling, but also feeling convicted and convinced that we had absolutely done the wrong thing with the tubal ligation. We had kind of like did our own values clarification and had decided what was right for us. No one had stood in our way, and many had encouraged us in our decision back when Rebecca was born. We told the kids that Sunday evening that we were going to teach them. We were going to do something called homeschooling. Later, we told them we would also be shutting off the TV. And even later, we told them they might just be getting more brothers and sisters to live with. And then a little later, we were able to tell them we were going to move to Pennsylvania. So in the course of six months, we started homeschooling. We started having children again, and we moved from Minnesota to Pennsylvania, where those additional children were born, four of them. We were going to be training our children the best that we could that they were children of God, that what we did and what they did each day mattered a lot to God and would affect lots and lots of people. We kept working through the basic life principles and kept the character development and morality and family prayer time as the cornerstone of our schooling efforts. We so dearly wanted our children to be a blessing to others. We wanted them to be loving and kind and honest and courageous and prayerful and diligent. We also wanted them to be open to religious vocations of the priesthood and as religious sisters. The wishes, the dreams, and prayers did come true. Our children became blessings to others. Our children became the welcoming and including ones. Their faith grew and grew beyond us. They had become like those children that we had seen from the balcony at the Information Day 
in the springtime in Savage, Minnesota in 1989. So in the process of preparing this story about how we decided to start homeschooling our children, I had to go back and look up what values clarification education was all about for teaching morality. And I came across a really good article, in my opinion, by a Mr. Kilpatrick. And it looks like it was published in the 1990s. William Kilpatrick, about how to teach morality. I've included a link in the description for this, but I want to read a portion, an excerpt, because he poses a question, Mr. Kilpatrick does, that was very close to the question that Mary and I were dealing with when we were faced with values clarification. And this is reading now from the excerpt, reading now from Mr. Kilpatrick's article. He says, I have a question that I sometimes pose to groups of parents. It goes as follows. Suppose your child's school was instituting a course or curriculum in moral education at the 5th to 7th grade level. As a parent, which of the two models below would you prefer the school to use? A. The first approach encourages students to develop their own values and value systems. This approach relies on presenting the students with provocative ethical dilemmas and encouraging open discussion and exchange of opinion. The ground rule for discussion is that there are no right or wrong answers. Each student must decide for himself herself what is right or wrong. Students are encouraged to be non-judgmental about values that differ from their own. Or B. The second approach involves a conscious effort to teach specific virtues and character traits such as courage, justice, self-control, honesty, responsibility, charity, obedience to lawful authority, etc. These concepts are introduced and explained and then illustrated by memorable examples from history, literature, and current events. The teacher expresses a strong belief in the importance of these virtues and encourages his or her students to practice them in their own lives. The vast majority of parents will choose B, the character education option. But when I ask groups of teachers and teachers in training which of the two models they would choose to teach, they invariably prefer Model A. Many teachers say they would not use the second approach under any circumstances. End of excerpt. I really recommend Mr. Kilpatrick's article. I wished I had read it back then. It would have helped me. At the start of this episode, we dedicated this story about how we made this decision to Brian and Missy. They are Catholic parents just starting into homeschooling 
this fall with one of their sons. When we met them, we were impressed and refreshed with how they are growing to trust and follow the Holy Spirit's promptings. They seem to practice discernment and honestly ask God for guidance and then trust and follow through as they understand. We know very few people like that. With all the excitement and joy and grace and holiness that can occur, it can be a lonely path, especially when you're changing. It's not necessarily the way you grew up and you're stepping out to do something that you think is truly better and different for your family. They do need your prayers for their family to become ever more and more what God sees as good and best for them. As children of God, I sense that they get it. They understand that what they do is so important to so many people and to God and to their children and their future grandchildren, to their neighbors and friends and to people they don't even know. So I'm going to end with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It is my humble prayer that you, God, convey to Brian and Missy your graces and blessing, that their homeschool flourishes, and that they grow in their abilities to impart to their children the character, values, and virtues that they themselves are growing in. I pray that as they turn their hearts evermore towards their children, that their children will respond in turning their hearts towards them and to Jesus. I am also thanking Jesus tonight for Sister Teresa Paul, our daughter, for introducing us to Brian and Missy and for being currently at St. Michael the Archangel School where she introduces and guides and develops minds to know God and to grow in holiness as they develop in character and become virtuous and enjoy the full deployment of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Until this next Grandpa Hill's True faith and family story. Shalom. Thank you.